Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. Your podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow Matthew on Twitter at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. I will be shortly sending, uh, hopefully we can get our guest on here, an invite to the show. Uh, with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now. Good evening. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. Welcome to this week in the ACC. You can follow me on Twitter at, at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at, at Talkin ACC Sports. The Twitter account for our site is at All Sports DACC. And the, uh, our website is allsportsdiscussion.com. This week we have a return guest in Dan Carroll. He's the owner and operator of TreadmillHorse.com, and you can follow Dan on Twitter at, at TreadmillHorse. And it looks like, again, we're Dan, can you hear us? Nope, it's still not, not working. Jeff, we're going to slide right into our, an old-fashioned podcast here, friend. All right, yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't get Dan Carroll on but we're just going to jump right into like as matthew says yep. an old-fashioned podcast definitely and i'm going to take i'm going to take over i'm going to take over right now friend so jeff which acc team do you think was the most disappointing team in week three and which acc team was the most impressive week uh, team in week three certainly easy to bang virginia tech for disappointing teams but there are other can there are other candidates and i'm i'd like to have you talk about the 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 entire ACC enterprise, Jeff. Yeah, I think when you look at disappointing teams, and I know you'll have comments on Virginia Tech, um, you know, really disappointing effort there at Rutgers, but, um, you know, right up there with them, you have to look at Pittsburgh. Um, they never really even looked like they were in the game against West Virginia. It was an 11-point loss. And it felt like it could have been, you know, 30. They're, they're offensively, they're an absolute disaster. Phil Yurkovic, um, he has struggled mightily, um, you know, as quarterback of Pittsburgh. Uh, the offense is in shambles. They lost to a Cincinnati team that got beat by Miami of Ohio the week, you know, this week. And that was a loss the week before uh, in a game. They had to rally just to get it to, to 27-21. Um, not, not only was Pittsburgh, you know, I think, you know, one of the most disappointing teams of the week, uh, I think they're an easy call for maybe the most disappointing team in the ACC. Um, you know, when you look at Virginia and Virginia tech, they weren't expected a lot and, and Clemson, you know, had the very disappointing opening loss to Duke, uh, and it's played better in the two games, but, but Pittsburgh right now is completely flailing and that was a team a lot of us thought could be a dark horse in the ACC. Now, I will say this. Um, how much of the Virginia Tech game did you watch, Jeff? Any bits and pieces? 
I, I saw bits and pieces. That's why I'm, I'm going to leave Virginia Tech to you. <laughs> well, no, so, so so no, no. But but did you watch? Did you watch drone? Did you watch drones as the QB for for Virginia Tech, Jeff? Did you watch him a little bit? Uh, very very. Uh, I I only caught bits and pieces. So he is a far. He gives Virginia Tech a far better chance to win. He is mobile. He is more decisive. And I would argue that if he would have got the same, if he would have got all the snaps that 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 uh, Wells did, that they probably would have beat Purdue. Because I he he gives a different dimension to that office, that offense. Chief said just said office. <laughs> he gives a different dimension because I'm thinking about work tomorrow. He gives that a different dimension to that offense that the Hokies just don't have, you know, and I, you know, sometimes I, I tell you, do you remember the game several years ago? Do you remember when they, when they threw uh, Tyrod Taylor in for Sean Glennon, when they were on the road at LSU? Do you remember that Jeff several years ago? Yes, I do. That's a, that was an indication of where the offensive line was at at the time. And I kind of feel the same way today that you've got to have somebody in there who's mobile and can run for his life. I mean, at times I thought that, oh my gosh, we're we're running the Logan Thomas offense again. And coincidentally, we're playing Rutgers again, just like we did the Holiday Bowl. That's what I started thinking in my mind. And, but he is, he is a faster quarterback. He's more mobile. He's more, you know, more decisive. I believe he gives Virginia Tech a better chance to win. And I hear the coaches saying like, Oh, you know, we, we really hope we can have Wells back. No, you don't, because he can't run. He can't run to save his life. Do I want him running the pitch? Do I want him running the option? Of course I don't. Not at all. This is a bad, this is not a good move for, would not be a good move for Virginia Tech. And if he ends up, and if Wells ends up starting next week, Jeff, I, I, I honestly think, that there's a very good chance that Virginia Tech ends up at two and ten this year, and I'm actually dead serious about this. I mean, I, I wrote about just a, a little bit. I, I sent you several tweets this week about how I think that there are probably four sure losses left on the schedule, three 50-50 games, and one, you know, one uh, one game that I think Virginia or Virginia Tech will win for sure. And of course, I always say that. Virginia Tech is going to beat Virginia until it doesn't happen. And 98% of the time, I'm right. Yeah, yeah but, that's but, true. But, you know, the deal, you know, the deal is that, you know, I don't think that they're, they're already an underdog at Marshall. I mean, I think the line is nine now. Yeah, I, 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 I was shocked it was more than a touchdown. And that, that I mean, we got to be honest, that, that's a really bad look for Virginia Tech. It's a bad look for a lot. I mean, it's happened to a lot of teams, but I mean, that that's but Marshall's legit. They're good. They're probably going to win their comp, probably going to win their conference. And, you know, so anyway, I mean, I don't see, you know, and when, when I say the 50-50 games, right? I mean, I talk about teams like Syracuse, but that's not so much a 50-50 game anymore after I saw them beat, you know, how they handled Purdue pretty well. Right. And then they're, yeah. you know, you, and you think about BC, well, they gave BC, gave Florida State all they could handle. But my thought on, on the 50 50 games is that if you, if the coaches are smart and they keep playing drones, he's going to get better as the season goes along. But I'll tell you, if they, if they don't play drones, if they, if they say, oh, no, we're going to play Wells, 
I'll rewrite every one of the predictions I had about the 50-50 games and go back to straight two and ten. Because I think, because I actually think Virginia's in worse, worse shape than Virginia Tech. But, you know, uh, and like I said, I'll pick Virginia, I'll pick the Hokies until, uh, until it doesn't happen. <laughs> I guess. Right. And, and I think Virginia, um, they're just a top to bottom mess right now. Uh, I mean, for like a moment against Maryland, you thought like, oh, are they going to actually compete in this game? They were up 14 to zero and then Maryland scored 42 straight unanswered points. And it, it was just like a comedy of errors watching Virginia play. I mean, they were, they were dropping, you know, they were, when they still had a, an outside chance of competing in that game, I mean, they were dropping passes, missing tackles. Uh, I mean, they, they just looked disorganized and poorly coached and, and not talented. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a terrible combination to have. And I mean, I don't think, it doesn't matter what happens this year. I think Tony Elliott is going to be back at Virginia. Um, but, I mean, you're not seeing almost anything that's giving Virginia fans hope right now. I mean, they really look like a very, very bad football team. I mean, it, we're still a lot of season left. Things could change, and they could start, you know, definitely playing better. But I think if you go back to last year, they've lost nine of their last ten games and been uncompetitive in most of them, a lot of them. Uh, they're really, they're in a really bad shape right now. So you look at Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that really makes up your your disappointing teams of the week. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I, I'll tell you, Jeff. I was really impressed with Duke this week. I I, I think that Duke has a, a real opportunity to make some unexpected noise this year in the, in the, in the ACC and do, and do quite well. No, I, I agree with you, uh, Matthew D- Duke's not messing around. Uh, I mean, I know Northwestern's not very good, but they already have the win over, over Clemson. I mean, and they're, they're just mowing down opponents right now. And uh, you know, we'll get into who looking ahead next week, but I mean, they could very well be four and O when Notre Dame uh, comes to Durham, oh, they're playing Connecticut. I mean, they have a really great shot at, at 4-0 and taking on Notre Dame and Sam Hartman. And, man, what a great quarterback matchup that would be. You know, they got to get through Connecticut, but, um, you know, Duke just took care of business, and so did North Carolina. I think a lot of people expected them to have a, a more competitive game with a decent Minnesota team especially coming off the, the App State game where you thought, oh, maybe their defense is not quite as good as we thought what it showed against South Carolina, um, you know, who, by the way, uh, really gave Georgia a tussle in Athens, and that was a team North Carolina, like, plastered. I mean, they plastered South Carolina. So North North Carolina, you know, winning 31-13 over Minnesota, uh, really impressive. Uh, there were a lot of nice performances in the ACC, I and mean, this is – it's a little bit different than the last few years where sometimes we were kind of, you know, searching for, okay, which team looks good. But I mean, this has been a really credible, respectable season for the ACC. Syracuse goes on the road to Purdue. And I mean, their defense is just taking care of business right now. 35, 20 at Purdue. And, you know, I think we can move from, you know, wondering is, is Syracuse, you know, got something working there after they, 
you know, badly beat a couple of overmatched opponents. I mean, you know, I'm not saying Purdue is some great team or anything, but you still, you go on the road against a, a decent power five op- opponent and you come out with a, you know, 15 point win, you're doing something right. We have to pay attention to Syracuse. Uh, so all um, Syracuse, Duke, North Carolina, all took care of business. Uh, Louisville um, taking on Indiana. Uh, they they came out of the gate so fast on that one. Um, 21-0 on Indiana. I thought they were going to blow out uh, the Hoosiers. Got got a little bit tighter there, but they had a tremendous goal line stand uh, against the Hoosiers, you know, to, you know, get another win over the Big Ten for, for an ACC team. And uh, I think Louisville is a team that, you know, shows flashes of being really good. We're still waiting for them to put a 60-minute game together, but they've shown flashes. So uh, another strong week for the ACC uh, out of conference. Definitely, definitely. Jeff, which ACC football t- uh, football game are you looking forward to uh, next in, in week four? All right, I... Well, there, you know, there's a little game going on at Clemson uh, next week <laughs> at high noon. <laughs> uh, that's definitely the highlight of of the weekend uh, in the ACC. Florida State coming off a, a game that they survived against Boston College, and and you mentioned it, Matthew. Uh, Florida State they were on the ropes. Uh, quarterback for um, Boston College, Castellanos, uh, he shredded up the Florida State secondary. And I think if we're being honest, Florida State is a fantastic football team with a great quarterback, um, Jordan Travis, uh, Coleman at wide receiver. They got some individually really talented players on defense, but that secondary is a glaring hole on the Seminoles' defense. Um, uh, they got torched up pretty good by LSU in the opening game. Boston College did the same through the air, and and Clemson, um, you know, looked looked pretty good against Florida Atlantic. But I mean, we're gonna get a big step up in competition, obviously, f- for Clemson. You know, they've had basically two weeks to kind of clean up a lot of the mess that they had going on in the Duke game, and they can really get their season back on track if they could take care of the Knowles. But I don't know. If Clay Klubnick and the Clemson offense and those wide receivers can take advantage of where where Florida State is weak at in the secondary, I'm not sure if Clemson has enough of a passing offense. We're going to find out, but you know, a loss for Florida State doesn't it doesn't take them out of anything. All it does is is give them a loss. They already have the non-conference win over LSU. Uh, they're going to have other opportunities uh, this year to pick up you know, ranked, ranked, ranked wins. Uh, they obviously are going to still play Miami, for example. Um, they got to play Duke. Uh, they'll, they'll play Florida who just beat Tennessee. So, you know, for, for Florida state, it's not a must win situation for Clemson. It's, it's must win. They have to win this game. If they want any chance to, to get into the playoffs I think they have to win it to get into the ACC championship to the ACC, um, you know, get to Charlotte. I mean, with two losses, they still have a slim chance, but I mean, really they're, they're going to be behind the eight ball. So I think Clemson's in a, in a must win situation. 
And, um, you know, we'll see how that one goes. But huge game there at Clemson. Um, as far as uh, other games that caught my eye, I'm, I'm really curious to see uh, North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Uh, earlier in the year, I thought this was going to be a, a huge game. But now this is pretty much looking like, you know, can North Carolina, you know, take the take the show on the road against a Pittsburgh team that's that is absolutely reeling. Um, you know, North Carolina, their last two games have been at home and they played a neutral site game against South Carolina. That was in Charlotte. So I'll be curious to see how North Carolina can can take the game on the on the road. Um, now, probably not high as high as stakes going on, but I think the Georgia tech and wake forest could turn out to be a really entertaining shootout. Um, neither one of them are, are that impressive uh, defensive teams, but those are, you, we've known wake forest to be pretty good on offense and Georgia tech is surprisingly uh, has one of the best offenses in the ACC. Haynes King has been really good at quarterback. Uh, you know, they moved the ball on Ole Miss, in that game, it was 24-17 with about seven or eight minutes left in that game before the defense gave out. Uh, and I don't think Georgia Tech has much of a defense. So that 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 one could be uh, a lot of fireworks in that one going back and forth. That, that could be a very entertaining game. Uh, you covered that all well. So we're going to go to the next question, Jeff. And I think I'll start out this team this uh, with this question here which acc team could be upset in week four if they're looking ahead to a game on their schedule or if they're otherwise just sleepwalking on the field jeff i can tell you i have my candidate and i don't care if it's at syracuse i think army can possibly go up there and pull a stunner at syracuse jeff these folks at army they're good football players they're disciplined these people are in the military they're not going to be intimidated by any of the noise noise in the in the in the in Syracuse's dome up there. They're going to play disciplined football. They're not going to beat themselves. And that game's going to the fourth quarter, Jeff. Can you hear yeah. me? Yeah, oh. yeah. Definitely, uh, Matthew. Um, no, I, I agree with you. You know, Syracuse, we we talked about them having their good performance at Purdue. Um, you come back the next week. You have if you have a little bit of a letdown and you're playing one of the academies, uh, you better be ready because they're not likely to be the team that's going to make a ton of mistakes. So yeah, I agree. Syracuse needs to needs to pay attention to that. Now, what about Miami at Temple? What do you think about that, Jeff? What do you think is going to happen there? I mean, each each time we think Miami's ready and that they're back. Something happens. Temple's not 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 exactly a rollover either. Yeah, th this Miami team feels different. Um, I mean, they, they. I feel like the level that that Van Dyke is playing at quarterback and the way that offense is is humming right now. Um, you know, you never want to look look past for other opponents, um, but I, I I feel like. You know Miami. That that's a game that they shouldn't overlook. If if they are who they, I think that they are, and I think this Miami team, um, you know, I'm not saying they're back or anything, but I think they're good enough to handle a team like Temple and lose. If they were to lose to them, that would be a real setback um, for where I think uh, they're at. You know, obviously we talked about Florida State and Clemson plenty. Uh, 
Florida State's going into that game favored, and certainly it's not out of the question to see Clemson, um, you know, Clemson win that game. And, you know, already talked about North Carolina uh, going on the road and seeing um, if they can take care of business at Pittsburgh. Definitely, definitely. So, Jeff, step out of the ACC here for me. I mean, we're going to go to a national college football scene. You can pick any game you want in the schedule, uh, on the schedule next week. You've got Power 5. You could go with it. With a non-power five, you can even have an F- FCS matchup here. I'm curious, what games on the national scene are you looking at next week, Jeff? And college football, the floor is yours. Oh, I may have a few. I may have a few of my own, but I will give you first shot here at this question, Jeff. Yeah, next next week is going to be a fantastic week of college football with some just tremendous matchups. So I know you've got your eye on a, on a few of them, Matthew. So I'm just going to hit on a couple that caught my eye. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Ohio state in Notre Dame. Um, I, I, I feel this, this is a Notre Dame team at home. I think they can beat Ohio state. Um, Sam Hartman, you know, he, he's given them a dimension that they just haven't had the last few years through the air. And I think Ohio State's still kind of searching uh, a little bit offensively. And that that's a huge, huge game. Uh, you know, Notre Dame could, you know, really thrust themselves into the middle of the playoff chase um, if they were to win that game. Um, I'm just looking here at this, you know, uh, tremendous schedule you've got oregon and colorado um i'm I'm namely kind of interested in that because i think that's going to be the first truly strong opponent i know colorado beat tcu in a shootout but i mean that's not the team they weren't the team they were last year and uh, you know i want to see what oregon can do with colorado who can put up a lot of points but they're you know not very good defensively and and see if that that primetime, you know, hype train keeps going. It just even gets bigger or, or if Oregon puts a, puts a hold to it. And then the other game, uh, the last one I'm going to hit on before you get into to yours, Matthew is, is Ole Miss and, and Alabama. You're taking all the uh, games, man. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'll stop. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. You go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm, with, with this game, this one's intriguing because uh, th- this is probably the worst Alabama team um, since, Nick Saban's inaugural first season at Alabama. Uh, they're ranked 13th, but they probably should be ranked like 23rd or unranked. Um, if anyone saw the South Florida game with Alabama, um, they looked every bit of a mess on offense at quarterback as Pittsburgh does. I mean, they were a complete train wreck trying to move on the ball on South Florida. I mean, uh, they got bailed out by a defense that made a few plays and, you know, that game was 10-3 deep into the second half. Alabama, they're not a good football team. We have to be honest. They have not looked like a good football team. They haven't played like a good football team. And and Ole Miss, if that game was in Mississippi, I, I would almost be calling that one a lock for Ole Miss to win. Uh, maybe Alabama gets inspired playing back in Tuscaloosa. But, I mean, Ole Miss, I saw them play some – I play them Georgia Tech this weekend, 
And, okay, obviously Alabama's going to be tougher on defense, but Ole Miss has some offensive weapons that can stretch that Alabama defense, and they obviously are going to have a huge advantage at quarterback. Um, A loss for Alabama basically, you know, ends any chance of them to make the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that game. I mean, it's interesting because I was looking at Ole Miss's schedule. Like, if they were to get past Alabama, which I, I actually think they can, then they've got LSU, right? That's at home, and then they got then they've got Arkansas at home. They go to go to Auburn. They've got Vanderbilt at home. They got Texas A and M at home, and then on Veterans Day weekend, they have they go to Georgia. So. I mean, they've got a tough road, you know, to get to get to the you know, to get there. But you know, it would. I mean, we're early. Lots of things can happen, Jeff. Mississippi has a chance to get to the college football playoff if they play their cards right. But it's way early, you know. And I, I don't necessarily think they can beat Georgia. You know, that would take a miracle probably for them to go in there and beat be, go in there and beat Georgia. But it would be. Nice to see somebody like that upset Georgia because I actually think like somebody like a Florida State would could go in that would go in there and, and knock off Mississippi, Jeff. Yeah, and I think that if, if there's a year for a deep dark horse in the SEC um to make a run like on Ole Miss, this would be the year. Uh you know, we saw Georgia this weekend against South Carolina, did not look good. They didn't. They they had struggle moving the ball. They were down fourteen to three at the half. Um, we know Alabama's down. Tennessee's down. LSU's down. I mean, the entire conference is 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 pretty lackluster. Um, there's an opportunity for an Ole Miss to take advantage of that, and and maybe uh, you know win the SEC. It's definitely not out of the question. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. So Jeff, the only thing I wanted to add here on the games. How many Pac-12 teams are in the rankings? I mean, this is basically, this is a a conference that is dead after this year and maybe having one of the best football seasons that the conference has had in quite some time. Would Would you agree with that, Jeff? Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Matthew. I think the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country this year. And uh, it's, it's a real shame that they work towards this season and it's coming to fruition as being, you know, the best top to bottom league, very entertaining, great players, great quarterback play teams in playoff contention. You know, they've already picked up some noteworthy out of conference wins and then this will be the end of it. Uh, you know, if that's like a mini rant for me, it's a shame that it came to this because the PAC 12 is, is a lot of fun to watch so I have, in 2023. I have my Heisman favorite right now, and he's playing quarterback for the University of Washington, Jeff. I like it. I thought you were going to say Caleb Williams no, at USC, but no, no, I'm going with I'm going with the Hus I'm going with the Huskies quarter I'm going with the Huskies quarterback. I I I it will be must watch TV. When we see USC and Washington play, Jeff, I will be making time to watch that game. That will be fun, and I look for and I look. I very much look forward to that because it's good. That's that's you know that's going to be a matchup like like a matchup like we saw several you know several years several years ago 
when both of those teams, when, when Washington used to go in and steal all the talent from, from California and then they tried and then the Californians were getting upset that Washington was going in, Washington was going in there and taking all, taking all the players when they play in the, when they play in the PAC 12 title game, Jeff, everybody's going to be watching that. Cause I'm call I'm caught. You hear me calling it today, Jeff. That's the one I'm calling today. USC and Washington will be playing in the Pac-12 title game, and I can't wait for it. So, Jeff, let's get into it, man. I mean, have you, Jeff? Have you been to a football tailgate yet this year? I, I actually, I've, I've been to a couple games this year, but I have not actually tailgated this year. I've, I've, I've been doing my eating like before, before the games, like somewhere around the stadiums or, 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 or on site. So you don't go, you haven't been to any tailgates this year. I have not, I have not actually had like a, a tailgate. I've met people there. We've, we've talked before the game, but like actually sitting down and like tailgating outside. I have not done that yet. This okay. Year. So when you do Jeff, what is your what is your your snack of choice, your food of choice, your meal of choice at a table? Um, it was always like two things that we would we would pick up, or or if we were with some friends that they would pick up. It was either like the Chick Fil A uh, nugget platter, or um, a bunch of the chicken from Bojangles. Those those were like the two choices that would come up um when we were if we were to tailgate it was either one or the other i would say the chick-fil-a or the bojangles outstanding choices outstanding choices now i'll tell you the tailgating at virginia tech is pretty is pretty ridiculous because they're pretty friendly they will invite opposing fans to their tailgates in fact i had some friends from north nc state actually some you know, some folks have some folks from some folks from NC State Twitter went to some of the tailgates in Blacksburg and they came away full. And the people there are so friendly that if you actually bring your uh, <laughs> if you actually bring your meat, your your meat that you want cooked, somebody will cook it for you. And I usually bring I, I, I'm probably going to sound like a snob when I say this, but I actually bring like bison or something like that from one of the local one of the local uh distributors that or farms that's actually close by there and I'll, I'll have it at my uncle's and then somebody will cook it for me at one of the tailgates and i'm telling you man i don't jeff have you had bison before i have not i might well no i may have tried it at a restaurant before i, I if I have, it's only been like maybe once. I don't eat hamburger anymore, Jeff. I quit eating hamburger and I have like bison or something, you know, or I'll have like deer or I'll have like elk, you know, something that's really lean, right? That goes through your system really quickly. And it's just incredible. <clears throat> and that is my, that really is my choice, a choice of, of, of what I have, either a burger or I'll throw that into chili or something like that at a tailgate because i know it's i know it's going to be good i know it's going to be consistent i know it's going to be lean i know it's going to be healthy and I, I know i'll get full from it you know and so 
you know, I, I mean, that's, those are some of the things that I have. I know I've had friends who actually make these pizza buns, which are kind of, kind of fun. Like whenever I go to a tailgate in Blacksburg, I think I come back like three pounds heavier after the week, after the weekend, because I've been eating so much and the food is so good and people are so friendly there. And anyway, that's, but you have given some good choices too. I mean, I know people who have brought like the Bojangles or they bring the Bojangles ta tailgate package or they bring the Chick-fil-A nugget package or that sort that sort of thing. And it just, those are excellent choices for tailgate for tailgates as well for tailgates as well. So I, I, I look for, I look forward to heading down this year to, to have fun. Jeff, open microphone time. What do you got for us? Wow, it's it's amazing to to see we're already three weeks into the season, and you know we talked about the back Pac-12 being as deep as they are, um, but also the ACC, you know, has to be considered one of the better football conferences this year, and that that's, I mean, that's good for the league. It, it builds. It's good for the narrative. I, you know, to have you know the league deeper than just Clemson or you know just the Florida State this league is is nine or ten uh, teams of quality teams deep um, by any poll that's out there there's four five ranked teams half the league is undefeated um, it's it's a very uh, respectable eight and seven against the rest of the power five and eight and five against the SEC and Big Ten, who you know we keep hearing are the best football conferences in, in all the land, but you know results speak for themselves. And and right now the ACC has a winning record against those two leagues. Um, you know the other two losses, zero and two, are coming from Pittsburgh against the Big Twelve, and you know the, that's one of the bottom teams in the in the league this year. Um, but when you look at it across the whole, I mean, we know Florida State extremely good potential playoff team Clemson's not going to fall off the you know they're not falling off the map they might not be you know as good as they were during that dynastic run from 2015 to 2020 but they're still a good football program but then you you look at the rest of the league of, of teams that have improved Duke North Carolina Louisville Miami Syracuse all have taken care of business you know out of conference and, and have looked good look good doing it and let me just make sure if i let me take a quick look at the standings make sure i didn't leave you know one of those teams out um, okay yeah i did uh wake forest three and oh and you know they went on and played a really tricky game this weekend at old dominion got down and made a comeback and they also have a win over vanderbilt um you know i'm not sure if i really would have wake forest in, in the class of you know, the top three or four teams in the ACC, but, you know, they're taking care of, they're taking care of business. And we've seen Old Dominion knock off plenty of ACC teams in the recent past. So, I, I, I mean, you know, you, you go past that, NC State only has one loss to Notre Dame. And, and you know, we see Boston College, who many thought might have been one of the two worst teams you know, take Florida State to the final minute of that game. Um, you know, Georgia Tech considered probably one of the bottom teams in the ACC. You know, gets to the fourth quarter, just one don't score down at Ole Miss. Um, th this is as deep as the league has been since 2016. 
and in my opinion in the best that it's that it's been since at least that time so you know you've they've gotten through most of the non-conference there's still going to be you know opportunities against Notre Dame and then the end of the year games with some of the SEC rivals but most of the out of conference games have been played already and and the ACC you know as opposed we saw the signs trending in the right direction last year but previous to that um you know, we've seen the ACC continue moving in the right direction with their football. Uh, so really positive start to this year. It's going to be a really fun season with a lot of great matchups. Okay, so Jeff, for my open microphone, I'm going to read you a tweet from our friend Andrew Alex, who was once the co-host of of Paul Van Wagner, the ESPN radio, you know, that I've been on for the show, that I've been on his show for before is, is you know, representing our site. And he's been on this podcast before. Andrew Alex said in a in a tweet yesterday around 4:30 he said some of you <laughs> I can't <laughs> some of you owe owe Justin Fuente an apology and he put this out in a tweet and I mentioned that I was going to read some of the responses to his tweet <laughs> and I'm going to try and keep it clean Jeff I'm going to read some of the responses to his tweet during this segment, because I wanted to make sure that you had the full, the full uh, response from Hokie Nation from that. I'm kind of chuckling a little bit. Our friend Mark Hokie, right? You know Hokie Mark. He's been on here before. We we work with him all the time. He says, for running off all the talented players? That was one of his responses to the tweet. Natalie says, in what world? Rich Aurora says, that's cute. I'm not going to read Polly's response because that was kind of, that was, he, he started cussing him out. And then, and then somebody says, you know, I have a feeling he was checking his bank account and smiling the last two weeks. I'd agree. He's a much better coach than he's given for a great I'm like, what? And then uh, somebody said that. Then it says, the talent depletion is Fuente's fault. He had, he recruited, right? We wouldn't have to depend on all transfers. And then Patrick Crow says, WTF, Cardelson too? And then, uh, Let's see who else here. Here's another one. For what? Somebody says he's a large part of the reason we're in the position we are today. Somebody says no. Somebody says no. Just no. Somebody says for what exactly? Like we guys so utterly devoid of talent that we can't even beat Rutgers. Then somebody says, "Huh? What if we let Corn go after the nineteen or twenty season?" And then somebody says. No, no, we don't. Fuente put us in this in, in this mess. Then somebody says, he's the reason where we are. And I could go through and read these, and they've got gifts and things like that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just kept going through the through the responses, Jeff, and I'm like, I've got to read some of these things. on. i got to read some of these things on air. So I enjoyed it, and it was fun to read through that, and I did chuckle reading through all the gifts and things like that. Jeff, thanks. Thank you for having a good time this week during our 470th podcast of the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We are the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States, Jeff, and it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. A little throwback episode that it was really enjoyable. All right. Have a great week. All right. Bye, Matthew.